the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to a very special edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. We are one year old today. This is incredible. We are so excited about this. Jack, I can't believe it, dude. Do you realize that it's it's a year? Like, you're just your overall thoughts on that. I can't believe it. I mean, I don't know about you all, but I feel like there's been this strange dichotomy of like sometimes the days going super, super slow, like unbelievably slow, but then the weeks, weeks and the months just flying by. I don't know if it's just all bizarro world COVID time or what it is, but it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's been a year. Maybe that's just because it's so much fun. I don't know. Well, I am your host, Ryan Dangle. That's Jack Wright. Jack Wright has been on this podcast from the absolute start and uh, been my right-hand man through all of it. So, Jack, I'm going to get mushy later. Don't you worry. Uh, um, Jack Wright can be found at J Wright BDR. That's J-W-R-I-G-H-T-B-D-R. We've got Patrick Sheldon. You can read him on Fansided or get him at P underscore Shells. We've also got some very special guests with us. We're thrilled about this, folks. Mike Oosterwick down from Melbourne, Australia at a bear down under. Oz, so excited to talk to you, man. Our good friend from the Three Kings of the Midway podcast, Dan Goodwin III, should be joining us. Hasn't gotten in yet, so we're hoping that he's going to make it. And he is at Dan Goodwin III. And the guy that started it all, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Page at BDR Page Master. Mike, how does it feel to have uh, to have your 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 baby's baby one year old? I, I, I guess feels great, man. If you told me that we were going to reach one year with with relative ease, I would have um, you know been fairly surprised. But it, it's really because of you guys, you know, especially you, Ryan, for running this thing and and having the passion and the commitment to uh, just drive it home every single week. And, you know, these are, these are going through me and I'm posting them, but you know, it's really you guys. So, so thank you for, for all the work that you guys have been doing. I love how humble he is. I mean, that's really because he like really is the top nacho, the real deal. Hey, Ryan, uh, side note, guess where I'm going a week from Tuesday. Dude, I like, don't play with my emotions, Jack. Like if this is the real deal, like don't mess with me. Cause I, cause I, I think I might know where you're going, but I really want to know. I, I am not yanking you chain. I promise. I, I need to get a haircut. And it just so happens that, you know, a guy, the show knows a guy, I think his name is Will. And I'm heading that way to, to get myself a, a trim in a couple, couple Tuesdays. You, yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited. Will is this big personality. You're going to love him. The second you sit down in his chair, he is, he's just this insanely likable guy and you're going to get a phenomenal, phenomenal haircut. Sheridan's Barbershop. That's where you're going to find him. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 67 years. They've got five barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. You can book your appointment online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. And Ryan, while you're on a roll... If I've got a friend who's moving all the way from Australia to Chicagoland, who should my guy see? 
Dude, Ozzy, if you say that, you know, I get more excited because one day I just have this feeling like, you know, Ozzy's going to come knocking on my door. Or if he said, hey, I think my job is going to come to the United States. I would I would be the happiest man alive because then I get to hang out with my with my boy, Ozzy. If you're thinking about buying or selling in the Chicagoland area, one guy, one guy only. That's Jeff Cadwallader. Jeff Cadwallader is an amazing human being. And I say that not because he sponsors the show, but because of the guy that he is. Folks, my wife and I bought a house from Jeff and we sold our previous home with Jeff. And Jeff has been just an instrumental part of this podcast, uh, an instrumental part of BDR, and we couldn't be more thankful for him. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. If you are thinking about buying or selling in the Chicagoland area, give him a call 630-254-4734 or visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn how Jeff can help you out. All right, boys, let's talk really quick. I just want one reflection, one funny memory, one thought about the podcast, anything like that. Let's just, let's celebrate this year in style before we talk about the Bears bye week. We talk about where this team is headed, Justin Fields, all that stuff. We'll get into all that. But before we do that, I do want to hear some reflections from this pod. So let's do this. Let's go Shells, because you're you're the newest guy. So Papa Sheldon, hit us up. Then we'll go Ozzy. We'll go Mike Page, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'd be remiss, guys, if I didn't start off by thanking you all for even considering bringing me on the pod. I mean, this has been a a tremendous uh, about month and a half or so, and uh, I've been a fan, and now to be a part of it is just really something special for me. So thank you for allowing me to be a small part of this podcast. Congratulations on the one year. Uh, I'm glad to see the podcast has caught up in terms of age with my mental maturity, Uh, but there are so many great memories that I have since being a, a part of this pod, um, whether it's it's Shagru uh, and the euphemistically dipping his his nuggets in various <laughs> sauces. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> but I'd have to say I have to say my favorite uh, moment, which spurred one of the all time great debates of Bears Twitter. And I feel like brought some finality to the debate this weekend um, with the tweet from Mark Schofield was the Oreo debate. Right. And uh, I'm glad that Mark finally put an end to it and, and definitively once and for all declared the golden Oreo to be uh, Oreo 1.1. So uh, that would probably be my favorite moment of the pod since I've joined. Okay. Sheldon, you got to know something about that. Jack and I used to argue a lot about a certain Chicago bears quarterback that used to wear the number six here in Chicago. And we would argue about him relentlessly. And at the point where I think sometimes like we, I think we started taking personal shots at each other. Got um, angry. Sometimes <laughs> I got angry. <laughs> and, and then when he left, I think like some of that argue, like we were like trying to manifest arguing and it just didn't happen until the Oreo debate. And then again, I think there were some personal shots that were taken. We brought it to yeah. the office. We were asking everybody we knew it, dude, that was, that was wonderful. <laughs> Oreos has its way of bringing out the worst in people. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks Ryan. And just to quickly thank uh, you again, Ryan, for uh, the opportunity. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic podcast to be involved with and, and congratulations to yourself, Mike and the rest of the team. It's been a lot of fun and Certainly from my perspective, I've played uh, 20 years of uh, semi-professional Aussie rules football and that's starting to come to an end. And this has given me 
I guess that sense of community that I'm about to miss out on and being part of a team that's not work related. So it's been great and really looking forward to uh, continuing that, that involvement. But uh, my favorite episode, we actually don't have to go too far back in the annals of time. Uh, episode 65, when the bears finally cracked Ryan Dangle, or <laughs> as I like to refer to it, Dangle Gate. Uh, yeah, 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 that was. Uh, people keep asking. No, that was that was legit. That was I actually had a meltdown, so it was pretty bad. <laughs> Ozzy, your first episode was for a long time like our most listened to episode. Like people in Australia were were absolutely in love with it, and and I think it's crazy, man, that that it spawned like a a really good friendship out of you, me, and some of those other guys, like you live in Melbourne. It's, it's ridiculously early in Melbourne. So thank you for waking up as we're recording this pod. And, you know, dude, I just, uh, I can't believe it, man. It's just, you know, and we have BDR has a writer in Melbourne, Australia. I think that is so cool. It is. And, and as I sort of touched on, and I've, I think I've tweeted this a couple of times that, uh, the, I think the podcast really offers a sense of community and connection to fans that, that share the same opinions and, and the same passion. And uh, I think what's great about the podcast is it allows people to come on the program. And, and you know, Heidi last week, that was a brilliant episode and she was so great to listen to. She's so sweet. And just to be able to listen to other fans and, and give them the voice, I think it's brilliant. Heidi was awesome. She was so cool. I'm a big, big fan. Absolutely. Um, wow. Favorite moments. There's, there's a lot. So just right off the bat, right before we even had a podcast, you know, we were talking about it. BDR was a thing. We were posting blog articles at that time and that was pretty much it. We had, uh, let me think Ryan and, and Jack, and you were, you were typing out your little arguments (laughs) in something called like, let's fight about it. It was some like written segment. And you know, Ryan, you were talking about a podcast forever, you know, and we're like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. And you just kept talking about it. And then one day you just like sent me an audio file and you're just like, oh, I did a podcast. Like, here's a podcast. I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm not ready for this. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? I need to get, you know, an account with some sort of distribution center. Like I just kind of lost it. And I was like, oh my God, I have you know, a podcast that I need to deal with now. And like, we figured it out, dude. And I think in like two days, we were like, oh, you know, we got Red Circle, you know, we distributed the the podcast uh, to all of the places. And it was like, wow, all we need to do is like upload an audio file and we're good. And then just like promote it. So, I mean, that first episode, which was just sent to me randomly, I was like, oh my God, that kind of sticks out. And then what other memories? Episode seven, I think, was an episode where we had our first like guest. And it was like a Chicago sports reporter. It was Chris Emma. Episode seven, Chris Emma. And at that point, we were like, holy crap, like we're having, you know, Chicago reporters on this thing. You know, what is this thing going to turn into? And we were all like, we were all nervous before that too. We were like, how many people should we have in the, in the podcast room? <laughs> what kinds of questions should we ask him? Should we be serious? Should we be cool? Should we be funny? And we were all like, I don't know. I think we just decided to wing it eventually. We we're just like, ah, we'll just wing it. And it was I, fine. You know, it went great. That, that episode, my internet, like as soon as he left the, the zoom call, my internet just cut out. Like 
completely. And so we were like, oh my, it was like divine intervention that it, that it worked out. And, and then obviously huge shout out to Kevin Olefsky and Brian Highfield, our Vikings mm. fans, friends for, I'm like, Hey, let's, let's talk about the upcoming game and we'll send it to my page and see what he says. And, and you're like, yeah, this doesn't suck. And I think that's, that's kind of what every podcast is kind of hoping for is, Hey, this doesn't suck, you know? <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. And it's really evolved. I mean, over the last, over the last year, I mean, you, you, you say it consistently where you're just like, Oh man, listening to those early episodes are just like cringy. Right. And it's just evolved into like a legitimate entertaining high quality podcast. And it's really been fun to watch that kind of develop, but those two things, the Chris Emma episode and the, just when you first sent it to me, I had no idea it was coming. Most of these are like, you know, overcoming shock and adversity. And, uh, you know, that's, that's always kind of fun. I think the most I've laughed might've been seasons, season awards episode from, from the end of last year. I think that was a really fun episode. Logan was in Fuego in that one for sure. Yeah, that was a good one, but yeah, that's, that's what I got, Ryan. All right, Jack, what about you? So briefly, I will say, you know, the two of you, Mike and Ryan, you know, Mike, you're in the room where it happens. We don't get to see where all the sausage is made. And so I know that the two of you make a lot of that sausage. So I'm thankful to both of you for that. And, uh, you know, I think also, uh, as a lot of people have mentioned, Ryan has done a great job of just getting people that are good dudes and girls together who love the team and who are articulate and put forth great analysis and so that from the beginning we just wanted to try to do something we love doing anyway which is talk bears football but not do it in a super chachi way right not a super meathead way and i think for the most part we we've done that we don't just spend all of our time bitching about officials or you know griping about stuff even the bad games we figure out a way to spend positively and laugh about it so i think that's really cool well, I think one of my best memories is just you crapping yourself on that date, Ryan. I mean, I've heard the story before. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is. Like you, you told it last time and it's just something about it that I was just like, I couldn't stop laughing even later. Just thinking about like, I know exactly how you felt when you wanted her to get out of the car and it, it doesn't matter how fast she tried to get out. It's, it's not fast enough in that moment. It, it, like I said, it was date five or six where it's like, you know, like, hey, this is like turning into something. And it was like this, like her professing, like, I'm enjoying this so it much. turning into something. It is, <laughs> Love yeah. is brewing. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that's your takeaway. Yes. So many, so many poop stories. So little oh, time. That just escalated so quickly. Um, I really enjoyed having Matt Lacoste on. He's a stinking professional football player, tight end for the New England Patriots. And we have a connection with him. And he's just an all-on really good dude. So that was that was that was a high point. I think, you know, my Twitter persona has been really a big part of this. And so I really want to like highlight that as being one of my favorite parts. Everybody knows that's tongue in cheek, hopefully. And then I just last thing I would say is just doing this. I've always said that if I didn't do the job I was doing, I would either be like a landscape architect. Or Ryan knows this. I used to call in all the time. I've been on Waddle and Sylvie. I was on like Boris and Bernstein. Oh, they just shut me down. There's a big shocker. But I would call all the time because I think like I truly wanted to maybe think about doing something like this instead. And so on a personal note, it's become just a little bit of a fulfillment of a dream, not to get too 
you know, out over my skis, but I just have always wanted to do something like this. So I'm very appreciative. I'll, I'll try to make this quick folks, but uh, it, it's, it's incredible to think that we're, our episodes are already well into the sixties uh, that we've recorded that many episodes. I think it really comes down to the, the people that I've had an opportunity to meet. That's been my favorite part about this whole thing. Uh, Patrick Sheldon, we had a couple interactions on Twitter and just one day I was like, Hey, let's, let's shoot it out. And just, you know, immediately was, was just kind of taken aback by, by how awesome he was. And the same thing with, with Ozzy, the same thing with Shagru, you know, with all these like amazing people and getting down to, to meet Adrian Peterson. I think everybody that has listened to this episode or listened to this podcast rather knows how special that episode was to me. That was uh, a Bears player that I absolutely loved growing up and getting the opportunity to sit and talk with him. Um, you know, I think the, 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 the saying goes, never meet your heroes and it was the opposite for me. I, I think I came away respecting and liking him more after meeting him and kind of speaking with him than, than it was originally. But I just, you know, just getting to do this all the time and, and knowing that people are actually listening to it, like that's a, a thrilled, wonderful people to work with for sure. And folks, we are lucky enough to have Dan Goodwin III, Three Kings of the Midway podcast joining us. Dan, thank you again so much for being here. How are you? I'm doing good, man. First of all, congratulations on one year for you guys putting out excellent content, man. I, I, I pay attention to it. I look for it. The writings, the articles, the, the podcast itself. I mean, doing good things, man. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Well, hey, Dan, you know, we, we have loved having you on this show many, many times. All right, boys, we've got a lot of bears to talk about. It is the bye week, that crushing loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers or Tony Carrenti, one of the two. I mean, maybe a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. We could talk about that a lot, but I want to talk about just up to this point, up to where the Bears are now, just some quick thoughts that you guys have, general quick thoughts, the Bears so far. Is it is it what you thought that was going to be? Is it you know better? Is it worse? Where are you kind of out on that? So we're going to go Dan, Ozzy, Sheldon, Jack, Mike Page, and I will finish it up. Boys, let's keep it short. Otherwise, this is going to be a four-hour podcast. <laughs> gotcha. Man, wh where we are is, is, is similar. It's is kind of where I thought we would be. Let's put it that way. Um, a little bit worse off than what I thought it would be. I thought the development would be happening pretty, you know, much sooner. The problem that I have is that for the first several games of the season, uh, our quarterback was prevented, hindered, sabotaged, quite frankly, from being able to progress uh, the way he should have been. So he's he's kind of got a, a, you know, he's he doesn't have a head start anymore. It's, it's kind of it is what it is. Um, and that's where I, that's where I figure that we are. I think um, we're a better run game than passing game. And I think we're we and that's because the offensive line is better at run blocking than they are at pass blocking. Um, defensively, we're nowhere near what I thought we would be. I thought the defense would be much better than that. They've let me down. Of course, we're a little bit long in the tooth at certain positions, but, you know, they've they've completely let me down. And Kendall Vildor, that, that secondary has been atrocious on so many levels. Kendall Vildor giving up, well, I think his passer rating, a passer rating on passes 20 yards or longer against him is like 150. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's terrible. Pass the rating. So 
Um, anybody can throw the ball deep on him, basically, is what 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 that says. So, you know, that's where I stand on it. That's where I that's where I figure we stand right now. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you've just said, Dan. And I think that that Matt Nagy's going to look back at this season and the way that he managed or mismanaged Justin Fields in the preseason and in those first three four games. That's what's going to ultimately have brought him undone. And had he have managed it better, he may have got another season next year. Yeah, I'll just I'll continue that theme. I think re- record-wise, they're about where I thought they would be. I thought maybe they'd have an extra win. Uh, frankly, I think Justin Fields is a little bit ahead of where I thought he'd be, considering the things that you guys just outlined. He didn't get the snaps in the preseason. He was sabotaged at the beginning of the year. He's working with a terrible scheme. Um, and for him to show the growth and the development that he has over the last couple of weeks has been impressive to me uh, and I think exceeded even my um most wild expectations in terms of where he'd be considering where he started the season uh, with Matt Nagy. So uh, that's obviously the most important thing, his development, his growth, the defense. I agree. I think the defense has been a little bit of a disappointment this year, but you know, throw that all out the window. The next, uh, the rest of the season is about Justin Fields development. And I think the arrows pointing up fellas. You know, I think they're right about where I expected them to be. We went through every single game in the preseason and made some predictions. And, you know, I think given the the difficulty of the schedule combined with the unknowns uh, that the Bears had at the time, that we thought maybe playoffs if they played very well and things gelled. And that's still a possibility, question mark. You know, I think that's still within the realm of possibilities. Been pleasantly surprised by Quinn, was really down on him before the season. It's been better than expected, although the ceiling was pretty, you know, pretty low or the floor was pretty low as to how bad he was. Super jacked about having a quarterback. Uh, JF1 has been great. We've got more than one running back. That's pretty cool. We've got a kicker. We don't have to worry about that, generally speaking, uh, from, you know, week to week. And and that tormented us greatly for a long, long time. So, you know... I think some of the, the the major themes were hit by Dan and, and Patrick. You know, the, the sabotaging of the offense, the frustration that is Matt Nagy being disappointed in the way that the team is running. You know, the management of the Bears itself. Those things we've you know we've hit those things, and I don't want to beat a dead horse because you know they're, they're not going to change anytime soon. I don't think, but um, yeah, I think the Bears are who we thought they were. Yeah, I mean, if you told me at the beginning of the season that we would be three and five going into the bye, I would be surprised, especially if you told me that, oh, do you know what? The Bears are going to struggle to score points, right? And uh, when we do score points, the uh, defense is going gonna, is gonna to let up a lot of points. It's like, well, that's not really that surprising at all. How bad, I, you know, how bad the defense has been just going off what Dan said, it's been horrible, especially in the past two games without Mac. And I know that, you know, I'm Eddie hater number one, but it seems like, you know, the secondary is worse off without Eddie Jackson in coverage. Uh, don't, don't look at me like that. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe you. I can't. I can't believe I just heard that. I, okay. can't believe, I don't think any words ever came Look, out of any man's mouth more difficultly than, than that just came out of your mouth. <laughs> and I understand. I get exactly where you're coming from. Right. The, the secondary is worse off without Eddie. But, um, you know, who's replacing him? Is it DeAndre Houston Carson? Is it – I forgot. Anyway, he it's probably – 
Yeah, that's Tease it. Tabor, Tease, thank you. I've seen Tease Tabor in there, and I've seen DHC in there. Neither of them are starting caliber. So <laughs> either way, I'm going to be a you know a critic of Eddie, especially because of the amount of money that he gets. But um, without Khalil Mack and without Eddie in there on defense, man, it's been real bad. I mean, because we can't put any pressure on the quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get touched once in the game. That's really sad. So that's probably the most surprising thing. But I mean, if you told me that we were going to struggle to score points and we'd be three and five at the bye, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the thing that I come away with more than anything else is just disappointment. Disappointment in this offensive line. I thought that the interior was just going to be rock solid with Mustafer, with Cody Whitehair and Daniels. And Whitehair and Mustafer have at times been putrid just really, really bad, uh, you know, and then Jason Peters, who I kind of thought, well, this guy isn't going to make it has been their best offensive lineman at times, which is not good to have a 39 year old being your best offensive lineman. Um, and I think that's kind of where a lot of this stems from. I mean, I knew Matt Nagy was terrible, uh, for the last two years. And I think I'm also disappointed in the fact that, I, that that initial opinion that I had on Matt Nagy has been justified. Um, I wanted him to be better than what I said. Uh, I, I, I put out on Facebook the day after he was hired. Facebook is this social media site for old people, just in case anyone is listening. Uh, I put it out on Facebook uh, before I had the Twitter. And I just said, you know, Nagy is Tressman 2.0. And I hate that I was right about it. I, I really... There were times where I really liked him as a person and I wanted to see him succeed, but he's just, he's got to go. He's got to go. And I just, at this point, like, what are we doing? Like rip off the bandaid. Let's go guys. Like it's time to move on. It's time to get somebody new. All right, gentlemen, let's do this. Now let's go back the exact same order that we just went bears going forward. What are the things maybe that you're looking forward to or the things that you're a little nervous about, whatever it might be, the bears going forward for, for this season, what are the things that maybe you're watching uh, as games continue? You guys are going to, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a curveball at you right here. You're not going to believe what I'm about to say, but I'm not as down on the offensive line as most of you are. I'm going to explain why though. I believe they're better at run blocking than they are at pass blocking. That can be fixed. It can be worked on, right? And there's ways that you can you can make a run-blocking team more proficient in the pass game, and that is leaning upon your run. No matter who we have in the game at running back, whether it's David Montgomery, Damian Williams, Khalil Herbert, they've all had wonderful games at some point in time. Not only it, – it's a, it, and it's a consistent thing. It's not like they, they play good one game and then they're terrible – you know, Khalil Herbert's had 100-yard games. David Montgomery, several of the 100-yard games. Damian Williams, when 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 Montgomery went down, stepped in and you know he had 60 yards rushing that one game. So this is a this is a trend that we have, right? So when I'm looking at the offensive line, I want to see them continue to develop. Now, Sam Mustafer, he's young. You know, d- does he need some more strength? Uh, absolutely, I believe he does. Uh, James Daniels, 23 years old. He's young as well. He's just now getting his man body. He put on some weight. He had an injury, but he put on some weight, some muscle, things like that. You see the the, the you see it going in the right direction. As far as the two ends, right? We have Larry Borum, who's just now coming back. Tevin Jenkins is also coming back. So th- this offensive line is a work in progress. 
Um, you know, you got you got the old guy, you got the OG and, and Peters on the side. He's been he's been solid. He hasn't been great, but he's been solid. But what do you expect from somebody 39, 40 years old playing left tackle, right? Um, and then we had Ifedi on the other side. He's a backup. Let's just be honest about it, right? So now that you get these two guys, these two rookies, you can kind of let them gel, see what that offensive line is able to do. And if you lean upon the run game, you allow Justin Fields to have some bootlegs and things like that, that will help your protection. That will make those guys look better. You can cover up things in football. The, the thing is, is that you have to have somebody who's proactively thinking of ways to do that and that's what we don't have in our coaching staff. Our coaching staff, Matt Nagy, and what he wants to do is, I'm going to do it this way. Forget everything else. This is the way I want it done. And it's not working. So at this point in time, you have to figure your offense around that, that, that offensive line. So I want to see them pro, pro, you know, progress throughout the year. Um, become a little bit better and see if they start to gel as a unit. They're playing as individuals. Offensive line has to play as one. So if they're able to do that, that's what I want to see. And I also want to see Sean Desai on the defensive side. I need to see him be able to recognize situations for what they are. The Bears should have won that game, and it was squarely on his shoulders. Because when you play guys 10 yards off on, on, on that last drive and you let them eat up everything underneath, let me ask you gentlemen this. How far does Ben Roethlisberger throw the ball down the field? He couldn't throw it. He, you know, they, they said it. He, he couldn't win a punt pass and kick against my four-year-old kid. You know what I mean? Because he's got a noodle for an arm right now. Let's just be honest about it. I'm, I'm being real. Sure. So when Sean Desai put those guys and he had them 10 yards off the line and you let those guys march down the field on that last drive for the field goal, to me that was a person who did not read the scouting report correctly. Because if you did – you would have played up on the line because he cannot beat you over the top, number one. And number two, if he tries to beat you over the top, he can't get the ball over there. So it's going to be intercepted. It's going to, you know, he's going to have a bad decision, whatever the case may be. So at that point in time, you know, he has to be a little bit better in his preparation for the games and be able to understand what, what things are looking like from the offensive side so that he can combat it with the defense. Put him in winning positions. Yeah, it's great, Dan. And I, I agree. I think there's definitely been some progression and development in, in the offense. And my my concerns more are more holistically and I guess what happens at the end of this season. And my concern is that front office are going to point to Justin Fields' development and they're going to take credit for that. I think Nagy, he's not going to make it. We know that. But I don't trust Pace to choose the next coach. And whether they keep him or they... Uh, moving into a different role what, what that looks like I don't know but yeah I, I don't want Pace having anything to do with the next coach I think uh, there, there could be a, a committee put together that sort of an advisory committee or something that helps take some of that decision away from Pace but that's kind of my concern at the moment I think the, the team's moving in the right direction they just need someone to take the reins next year get the most out of fields and and take this team to where it needs to go I think we all obviously want to watch Justin Fields develop the rest of the way. Uh, so that goes without saying, but for me, beyond that, I'd like to see Komet uh, continue to develop. Last week was fantastic. It was a great game. Now he's got to stack those, uh, continue to have great games in the, in the passing game. And uh, so I'd like to see how he develops the rest of the way in terms of concerns. I agree with, I think 99% of what Ozzy said, but, Dangle, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your goat up a little bit here. 
you know what I'm about to say. No, I do. I do, I do have concerns that we may not see the last Nagy after this year. And so I'm going to be interested to see how he spins the narrative in his press conferences the rest of the season if Fields develops the way we all think he's going to develop. Because I agree with you, Ozzy. I think he's going to hold that up, that progress up as proof that his system works and he just needs the time. Uh, and and look what I did with Justin Fields in a relatively short amount of time. And if it, you don't want to break the continuity and give him a new coach and a new system, give me another year. Let me see what I can do with them. We all know George McCaskey loves Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. We all know George McCaskey is grossly incompetent. And we all know George McCaskey could be sold just about anything by anybody. Uh, and when you put those three things together, who's to say that Nagy's not going to sell him on the idea uh, of bringing him back for one more year if Fields continues to develop the way we think he does. So watch how Nagy uh, spins this in the press conferences. Watch how he talks about that progress, how the team coming together, how the team battles, the unity, blah, 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 blah. All the crap that we've heard from him over the last few years. But God forbid they go on a three or four game win streak here and maybe win a game that they shouldn't. All bets are off, gentlemen. I, I think he could. <laughs> There's a chance. There's a chance Matt Nagy may be back next year. And uh, I, I don't have much hair left. You guys see I don't have much left, but I'll pull it all out if he's if he's back. No, please, no. <laughs> please, just no, 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 no. So what I'm watching for, I think, on the bright side is, is a youth movement. You know, I, I feel like I just have this theory that sports are going that way in general. If you watch a lot of MLB, Baseball is going in that direction. I feel like that's happening in the NFL. I think it happened a while ago in the NBA. So Fields, Monty, Herbert, Komet, Jalen, uh, Borum, uh, Jenkins, uh, Tonga. Um, you know, I guess I'd throw Ro Roquan in there, although he's a little longer in the tooth. But, but I do think there are some extraordinarily talented folks that are young on this team uh, that given the right – support system both coaching and development and other pieces of the puzzle in terms of talent and and really i do think i guess it depends a little bit on where you fall on dan's arguing about, about the offensive line a lot of it does depend on on that there's there's no doubt about that by the way just as a side note i feel like um brendan Shagru just just got his man body too like just like in the last <laughs> two weeks or so. So I just want to congratulate him on that. Um, <laughs> so, I like that. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I good. hope he uh, listens to this. <laughs> me too. <laughs> he will. But, uh, you know, I, I guess to put it a, a similar way to what um, Patrick was saying, I, I think I was listening to the score this week. And, and I think one of the things that they talked about that really like was an epiphany to me is that the Bears are an upside on an upside down organization. We're not, you know, the Roonies. We don't have the the crafts. We don't have the front office structure and ownership of other teams. Those teams can put players in and players out. They can get rid of players before they, uh, you know, are no longer effective. They can bring on players who might be explosive both on and off the field and see if it works. That's not us. So since we are upside down, all of our eggs go into the basket that is the players. And we just hope that the players are good. Year after year, we hope beyond hope that the players are good. And so I'm not gonna go on forever. I just, I'm looking for a radical change. I'm not thinking it's gonna happen, 
but we've talked about it before and we've tried the same thing for decades. And I really do think the only way that this whole thing is going to shift and change for the better in a long-term way is a radical change. And I'm not saying that be it would be the McCaskey selling because I think that's a long shot, but maybe somehow they finally figure out that they need to get somebody who's ahead of football operations you know, and just give them the keys to the car. So I, I'm really looking for and hoping for some sort of a, a front office structural change that's radical that might make a difference as opposed to rinse, repeat what we've been saying. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying that for years and years, though, Jack. And so I've kind of given up on that completely. You know, we just bought that property out in Arlington Heights. You know, we're going to be building a stadium. The McCaskies are going to want to see that through. They're going to want to see what happens with that. Um, I, I think that Ryan Pace is going to keep his job or be promoted or whatever. I don't, I don't think Matt Nagy is going to survive the season. I, I could just kind of feel it. it kind of like how, you know, when Mark Tressman was midseason, we were like, why is this dude still here? Like it makes no sense at all until you realize that, you know, they have never, fired a, a coach midseason and and it just kind of feels that same way right now where you know we're just waiting to the season to be over to to fire Matt Nagy. That's certainly how it feels at least. But in terms of what I'm looking for, listen, I'm just I'm just looking to have fun. I'm just looking to watch some football and have some fun doing so because usually in the early part of the season it's so stressful for me. And you know, there's fun mixed in, of course, but there's also a lot of frustration and, and a lot of like anxiety and stress. And now it's like, okay, well, I can just kind of let a lot of that go. And, and that's actually kind of nice. Um, and, and I could just kind of watch these players develop. I mean, Jack said it right where, you know, we love our players here in Chicago a lot because that's really the only thing that we've ever had to like enjoy. Right. And so when you talk about like Roquan Smith and uh, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, uh, David Montgomery, and, you know, Khalil Herbert coming, coming into his own, that's going to be really fun to watch those guys develop and play and have some big plays, right. And get really excited for some really awesome plays from, from Justin Fields, because it's going to be some sort of, projection of of what he's going to be when this team is a contender so i'm just looking to have fun man uh, uh, uh that's it because the expectations for for winning are are out the window mike along that same lines the san francisco game broke me ozzy talked about it earlier that's when i had my nuclear meltdown on the podcast you guys have heard it and i think that was the point that I switched over to saying, well, this team isn't going to win games. Well, they may win a couple, but I don't really care about that anymore. I'm watching development. And the one, and this may sound cliche. This may sound like, oh man, Dangle's pretty basic. I don't care. Justin Fields. I just want to watch this kid play football. I want to watch him throw. Uh, you know, I know that Brendan talked about it last week, his touch, the way he drives the ball, just like, He's got every single kind of, of throw in his arsenal. And I just, I want to watch him play football. That's it. And the rest of it is we'll see what happens. I watch other players develop, but as long as I get to watch Justin Fields play football, I'm going to be excited with the rest of this season. I don't really care what their record is. I just want to watch that kid play. That's it. Simple as that. 
All right, gentlemen, I think I know all of us sit on this exact same spot, which is Justin Fields. We're excited about him as the quarterback. We're excited about him going forward. But the question is, how do we feel about the situation surrounding Justin Fields? Do you feel that this is a can be a good situation going forward or is it bad news bears uh, and the bears are going to ruin this kid? I am very, very curious. I'm going to flip things around just a little bit. So we are going to go Mike, Ozzy, Sheldon, Dan Goodwin, the third Jack, and I will finish it up. I feel awful about the situation around him. Matt Nagy is around him. No, I don't feel good about that. I, I, I think that Justin Fields is developing because of Justin Fields and that Matt Nagy can try to sell, you know, his mentorship as the sole reasoning for, for Justin starting to get it. But do you know what? He's a smart guy. He's a talented athlete. And guess what? He's had some reps with the first team. He has some experience playing NFL football now. He's just getting better because he's playing more and he has the talent to do so. Do I think that Matt Nagy should be here next year? No. If he does, and if he is, you know, I don't have any hair left either, Patrick, but, you know, it'll be. I don't know, the hair from the sides of my head or something. I, I'm not exactly sure. It'll be gone. I feel awful. Do I'm I'm actually higher on pace than most people. I, I've always kind of been pro, just barely pro pace. And I was, you know, on the fence with Nagy for a long time until I took a hard dive uh, in the let's fire him area. Because, you know, when you look at the pieces that he's, he's drafted especially recently i'm a fan although he has mismanaged the cap so badly it's so bad but he did that he he did that because it was his like win now mode right teams don't do that stuff if if they're if they're rebuilding teams do that kind of stuff when when they're in win now which really is where the bears were to be honest and and that kind of ended in 2019 to be, to be fair and it's been, we've been living in this purgatory for you know 2019 20 and 21 and it's like uh what are you gonna do now but you know whatever ryan pace does or whatever position he has i'm fine with him being general manager or president of football operations or whatever he becomes just get a new coach in that's all I want. Just get a new coach. Yeah, 100%, Mike. I agree. I think with uh, with the situation around Fields, I don't like it either. I think in the in the sort of early weeks, early months of his career, it, you could almost describe the situation as toxic, the way that he was being handled. It was, it was quite, quite disgraceful in my view. But I think he has performed uh, not because of Matt Nagy, but I think in spite of him. And you only need to see how he got up uh, out of his seat uh, you know, in last week's game when he said, let's do this, he was ready to go. Uh, you know, he's, he's taking time off down in Florida with Brandon Marshall. He's, he's doing this to, despite the situation. And that's what I think we all love about him. And, and I think that's kind of where we think 
his career is going to go. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely don't like the situation around him at the moment and, and agree with Mike that he needs a new coach, someone that can really develop him and, and give him that, that care and attention that he needs and deserves. Yeah. So not to be all hyperbolic guys, but I, if you're sitting here saying that you have faith and confidence that the situation around Justin Fields next year will be great and everything will be sunshine and farts, you've been a Bears fan for like four minutes. Because if you haven't, if you've been a Bears fan for a little while, um, what has given you the indication or the sense that they're going to get this right? Nothing. I mean, there's no evidence. There's no empirical evidence over the last three decades that this organization will get it right. Um, so you have to hope, going back to what Jack said, you have to hope that the players can win and improve despite the situation. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was. Somebody tweeted out, do you have more, it may have been Sylvie, do you have more confidence in George McCaskey picking the next GM or Ryan Pace picking the next head coach? I think the only correct answer is no, right? I mean, like... Who's got faith that either one of them are going to get that right? Who's got faith that uh, whoever's in that position is going to put the right folks around Justin Fields and the rest of that offense uh, for him to reach his potential? So I'm in a bit of show me mode. Um, I'm not optimistic. I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'd be lying if I said I was optimistic. I'm going to say I'm not overly optimistic, right? I'm cautiously optimistic. That's what a lot of people say nowadays, right? Cautiously optimistic. Uh, I think that's what I am. Once again, fellas, man, I'm I'm not as down on Ryan Pace as you guys are. I'm down on Matt Nagy. I'm going to tell you like this. Matt Nagy deserves to go. 2019, four-game losing streak. 2020, six-game losing streak. 2021, we're on a four-game losing streak currently. That is a sign of a coach who cannot get players to respond, especially when adversity hits. That's the problem that Matt Nagy has. Um, and then, of course, his play calling and things like that as well. But that goes hand in hand with not getting players to respond. Who's going to respond when it seems like you're doing the same thing over and over and bashing your head against the wall, right? It doesn't work. It doesn't work, coach. It doesn't work. So they're frustrated and they're not really responding to him in that way. He needs to go. Ryan Pace, I'm not as as down on because he has completely flipped a roster that was devoid of any talent at all on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. Remember, just a couple years ago, our leading, our, our, our number one receiver was Kendall Wright. You know what Oof. I mean? We had, we, had, we, had, we had guys in there that are not even playing in the NFL anymore. You know what I mean? Seriously, at wide receiver. So he completely flipped that whole roster over. That takes a, I mean, you're talking about 53 positions, plus practice squad guys, that takes a lot to do. Now, sure, he missed on some things, but he made some things happen. Um, he's learned from his mistakes as well. So the mistake that he made with hiring Nagy, which I believe is his biggest mistake, I think hopefully he's learned from it. He proved that he learned from the mistake of picking a quarterback before, right? Because he went and he got Justin Fields. He pulled the trigger on it. He got it done. I got to give him credit for that. He got it done with the, the trade for Khalil Mack, which infused energy into the defense that we had in 2018, right? That was all because of that trade. So there's some things that Ryan Pace has done good. Um, so I, I believe that he's, he's learning from the situation and he's learning how to be a GM better. Uh, it's a shame that we've had to, to kind of go through this learning process with them because that, that weighs heavily on everybody around and involved especially the players and the fans, you know, the city of Chicago itself. 
But at the at the same time, I think he's done a very good job in that regard. He's made some misses, but you put his drafts up against other other GMs, and it's about the same. You know what I mean? You're you're gonna have some misses. Um, you're gonna have some injured players. I think the situation around Justin Fields, as far as talent is concerned, is great. It's a one. I think it's. I don't want to say a one. Let me, let me not say a one because there are some issues. Like number one wide receiver, I think we need one, right? Uh, I think Darnell Mooney is good. And while many people love Darnell Mooney, I think he's better suited to be a number three wide receiver. He's masquerading as a number two. Allen Robinson is a number one masquerading as a, or he's a number two masquerading as a number one. So that's the situation that we have at wide receiver. I think we have a, gr- a good tight end who's learning and making strides. He's a good blocking tight end and he can do some receiving now. Um, the offensive line is, you know, it, it's it's in flux. We got to see how that plays out. But your running back room is great. So you have a lot of talent around Justin Fields. It's just the pieces that are putting them on the field and lining them up on the chessboard, you might say. That's the issue. That's the problem. So if they can get that squared away, then I, I see no reason why he can't develop. And he's developing now, even though Matt Nagy has sabotaged and squandered some of his development, right? He's already developing some. And I've seen steps even before this last game from Justin Fields. You see the talent. You see what he's able to do. So I think I think the talent around him is good. I'd like to see the coach change, though, of course. To me, the only thing good about the Justin Fields situation around him is Justin Fields. Maybe you could add Komet, Mooney, Montgomery, Herbert, but I think the instability and inconsistency of the offensive line this year, not saying that it, it couldn't improve. I do agree with you, Dan, about the run blocking. I feel like we've done better and better at that in the last two years. But but again, if you're talking about having a franchise quarterback with a ton of upside and you look at other teams around the league that are highly successful, you're looking at an offensive line that is so darn good. I mean, like pro bowlers and guys that are veterans and and not, I mean, when you juxtapose that with our offensive line, yeah, that just looks really, really ugly, to be honest. But I mean, Justin Fields, he he has an aura about him. He's he's unflappable. That little moment that he had with Cole Komet after the last game, you can tell he's got a larger purpose. He's looking past Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor and all the other garbage dump stuff that's going on. I'm just really impressed with how impervious he is to uh, whatever happens to be bad or toxic. You can just see that he he's going to transcend all of that. I, I got to say just real quickly, since the pace situation has, has come up, I mean, he moved up four picks to get Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, he signed Robert Quinn to a five-year, $70 million contract. Uh, he drafted Kevin White, number seven overall. Uh, he signed Mike Glennon to a $45 million contract. He cut Robbie Gold. Uh, He drafted tight end Adam Shaheen in the second round. I mean, I guess I just feel like when a guy misses that much and hits that much, he's average. So I get it. It's highly debatable. That's clear by this show. I'm I'm just not on board anymore. I'd like to see both him and, and Nagy out the door personally. 
Jack, I think that this is one that we do disagree. I, I'm with Dan on this one. I think Pace has gotten better as his drafts have gone on. And I think that's the thing that we're kind of looking for is we're looking for improvement. He came in as a young and inexperienced GM. And I think he's gotten slowly but surely better. The Mike Glennon situation, I always come back to this. No one else was going to sign Mike Glennon. So you needed to get bringing a quarterback, but, but we all understand he overpaid. We know that, that, that is, that's a, that is a dead horse that we will not be. We're going to move on here. You know, I, I also agree with you to some extent, you know, all, I think a lot of you guys were saying that Justin Fields is that special where he can transcend bad schemes, but dude needs a little bit of help. And while I, I, I like Cole Komet and I like Darnell Mooney, I agree with, with Dan, you know, it's a little bit like when, and Jack, I, I can't wait to see your angry face right now. When Jay Cutler, please talk, about had, Jay Cutler. please talk about Jay Cutler. When Jay Cutler's number one wide receiver was Devin Hester, <laughs> Devin Hester could play wide receiver, but to be a number one, like, please, no, absolutely not. Like there were times when, you know, if, if he's in the slot as, as your number three, like then Devin Hester could have been very good as a wide receiver, but he's not a number one. And, you know, this organization just refused to get him help around, around that area. And obviously Jay had his own issues and we're not going to rehash that. I'm just talking about the situation that the Chicago bears put their quarterback who had a lot of talent in. But I agree with, I think everybody else is saying this kid is special. It's, it's his moxie. It's the way he throws the ball. It's his uh, just, he's just so level. So, 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 you know, just in, in everything that he does and the way in which we've seen the leaps and bounds improvement, I don't know that I trust the bears organization, but I do wonder like, ha- have we ever had a quarterback that's this talented and this good. I, I mean, I know he's still young. He's still a rookie, but like, you know, I've been a bears fan for about 40 years. And, you know, I know people are going, well, Jim McMahon, eh, you know, okay. Jim, Jim wasn't awful, but I mean, I think, I think as of right now, he's probably got the best opportunity to be the best Chicago bears quarterback ever. Question mark. Fields may be McCaskey proof. Man, we, we, we can hope, Patrick, can't we? <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen, it's time to move on. Last question that I want to get to Bears related before we get to Jack's question. And I'm going to make this a little bit more challenging. We're going to make sure that there are no repeats. You're going to cut or get rid of one player on this team currently, and you're going to keep one player currently on this team. So you got to get rid of one and you've got to keep one. All right. So let's go, let's shake it up one last time. We're going to go Ozzy, Sheldon, Paige, Dan Goodwin, the third, Jack Wright will then go and I will finish it up. All right. So we're going to go Ozzy, Sheldon, Paige, Goodwin, Jack Wright. I will finish it up. And this hurts. Uh, I'm going to cut Tariq. I just, I, I think it's kind of come to the end and yeah. it really pains me to say it. I love him so much. He's been such a great player, but I, I think, yeah, may, maybe he needs a new uh, environment as well. Maybe it could work for him as well being somewhere else. So going to cut Tariq and going to keep Cairo. No surprises there. So I, I may not be playing by the rules and I apologize if I am because he's a free agent after the season, but I'm not bringing back Akeem Hicks. Is that a cut? That's not a cut, but 
I'm not bringing them back. I'm not going to resign them. And and I, I think they were probably mistaken to not try to get something from at the trade deadline. We saw what happened when Pace resigned Danny Trevathan, who was old and, and, and getting up there in terms of injuries. I'm afraid if they try to do the same thing with Akeem Hicks, they're going to have the same issue. Um, so I'm not bringing him back. And I am, as a result, 100% making sure that we resign Bilal Nichols in the offseason. Um, you know, talk about Pace's hits. That's one of his hits. He has to keep that. He, you you got to bring back those hits. Um, he can't let somebody like that walk because he's just too instrumental to the defense, if, especially if Hicks is not re-signed at the end of the year. So for someone that I want to keep, I'm pretty sure uh, Roquan is coming up on the end of his rookie contract. Easy, low-hanging fruit. Got to keep Roquan. I mean, he's my guy. Coming into today, he was leading the NFL in tackles with, I believe, 93, 93 tackles through you know half a season. Pretty good. I, I think the offensive line needs a shakeup. And there's really two options for who I might want to cut on that offensive line, either Sam Mustafer or Cody Whitehair. And I'm going to go Sam Mustafer. I think that we got to cut Sam and we got to bring in some really high level center. And I think that's going to have a major impact, especially with Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins being young tackles to have a, a, a high quality center that can communicate really, really well, both with um, his line mates and the quarterback would be, would be huge. I think I'm going to go as far as cut somebody. Um, no, let me start with, with keeping somebody. I'm going to keep James Daniels. I think I'm going to go that route. I think he's going to be up for a contract. He deserves a, a contract to, He's, you're not going to have to pay him top dollar or anything like that. So Bears fans, take it easy. You're not going to have to pay him. You're not going to have to break the bank for James Daniels. But he's 23 years old, and he has a lot of football ahead of him. And he's good. He's he's good at what he does. I think he's been one of the more solid players along the offensive line. As far as cutting somebody, uh, you know, the the <laughs> – the list of cut people is is short in my opinion because you got a lot of lot of you know money coming off the books, but I would he already said it. Tariq Tariq Cohen was a, a a nice pick there, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Danny Trevathan. I'm gonna go Danny Trevathan. Um, I think I think he's he's about done. It's it's about a wrap for Danny Trevathan. He he was good for us for a little while. Once again, Bears fans, we fall in love with our players, right? We fall in love with him, and we've learned to accept mediocrity. It's time to get on board with getting better, talented players. So I would, I would cut Danny T. I just, Jack, before you go, I, I just, I, I got to gloat just a little bit when Brendan comes back. He was giving me such a hard time for saying that that Danny has has kind of seen better days, and uh, Danny has seen better days. Let's hear it, Jack. So I think it's time to. I think it's time to to cut bait with uh, Khalil Mack. I just, I think given his age, uh, he's got a potential out this year in his contract. We were talking about a pre-show that he restructured. So his base salary was only 2 million this year, but next year it's 12 million. And I, I realized uh, probably I might be on a, a wolf pack of one on this, but I feel like either Quinn should go or Mack should go, especially given their salaries and their ages. And I just think in terms of both injury and like what's left in the tank, 
I guess I feel like Quinn seemingly has been a more impactful player, but you know that I have not always been, um, you know, a huge Mac fan in recent years. I think he had a great debut and it was really exciting. I don't think he gets double teamed as much as everybody says he does. In fact, I know he doesn't because I looked up the statistics, you know, but I, I think it's time to cut bait with him um, for sure. And oh, I might as well just stick controversial. You, you have to keep Goldman. I mean, he's, I'm sorry, you got to keep uh, Eddie Jackson, um, mainly because of his contract situation and because what Mike was talking about earlier uh, when it comes to having defensive backs. I mean, I'm afraid you are just kind of like, you're just kind of tied to him. Um, I believe he has an opt out as well, but I don't know what you're going to do. Like, I, are you going to go hard free agency? We've had such a hard time with safeties, free safeties. Um, so either we got to try to draft another one or we got to go free agency. I guess in this particular instance, a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, as they used to say. But I just thought I would go both controversial because I thought it would be fun. Okay, so I made up the rules, but I don't know where to go because my first cut was going to be Eddie Jackson. So oh, fun. Fun. Can, I, can I get a ruling on this, boys? Uh, I think I need a, need, need a ruling from the rest of you. How do, how do I do this? I say you go for it. Make your case. But, yeah, go ahead. Eddie I want to ja- hear it. Eddie Jackson is... I, I get that he might be better than DeAndre Houston Carson, that he might be better than Tease Tabor, but he's not a starting NFL safety right now. Uh, it wasn't that he wasn't at some point, but but he isn't right now. The dude cannot tackle. Uh, his coverage is 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 good. It's okay, but I don't think that it is anything special. And I think that the Bears need to draft somebody, pick somebody up. Uh, it, it's time to cut the cord. Eddie Jackson and and the way in which he was influencing the DBs at the beginning of the season, we all saw that. You don't need to tackle video. That I mean, come on, like that just it, it's. I'm gonna get angry, so I'm moving on. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the guy that we absolutely need to keep, man. I, I gotta. Be, I'm a little frustrated because Ozzy took. I was gonna go the 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 zig when everybody else zagged, but Ozzy took my guy. You know, you got to keep Cairo Santos, and I know that it's it seems ridiculous to overpay for a kicker. Uh, so now I, I got to go somebody else. You know, I I'm gonna say this one because I've seen a lot of people talking about it. David Montgomery. I, I know that that his contract is going to be coming up in a little while. And if you think about a two-headed monster of Demo and Khalil Herbert for a couple of years, I understand that you might have to pay a little bit more money than you want for Demo, but he might be worth it. And the one-two punch of those guys could be a fun thing for a long time. All right, gentlemen, it is time to uh, get to Jack's question. After that, we got shout-outs and we are out of here. So, Jack. What's your question for this week? All right, Ryan, today's question is, when making an entrance into a social gathering, do you make your presence known so everyone notices you? Do you slip in and look for someone you know? Or do you sneak in as quietly as possible and find a safe spot to hide and why? So do you make your presence known? Do you slip in and look for someone you know? Or do you sneak in as quietly as possible and find a safe spot to hide? And explain why, please. Let's go Ozzy, Sheldon, Paige, Goodwin, Jack. I'll finish it up. Nice and quick, Jack. I'll walk into the room like Tony Corrente. Throw my hands up in the air and make myself <laughs> known. <laughs> are you going to hit shock somebody too? <laughs> yeah, and then I'll leave. <laughs> Ozzy for the win. 
No, I, I sneak in under the radar. My goal when I enter any situation is when I leave, people go, who the hell was that? Um, and don't even know that I was there. So no, I'm, I'm flying under the radar as much as possible. Yeah, me too. Um, definitely. I don't like saying goodbye either. Like for anyone that, you know, I'm in a social gathering with, I'll just leave. I'll just peace out. And then everyone will be like, yo, where did that dude go? No one knows. Just gone forever, long time ago. That was going to be the follow-up too, is to, is to make it both ways, right? And we, we call that the Irish goodbye. I don't know why, where that comes from. Um, but, you know, everybody talks about how long goodbyes are in the Midwest and it drives me absolutely bonkers. You know, like we said goodbye five minutes ago, but yet we're still here. And I just, it's so nonsensical. So I won't quite do the Irish goodbye, but I will, uh, but I will definitely just kind of be like, okay, see ya. And then, you know, I'm out the door. I, I, I'm terrified of these situations. They give me great anxiety. I can talk in front of groups of people all day long, but if I go into a room with strangers, I, boy, I just get in my head real bad. So I'll just try to see if I can sneak in some place and, and maybe find somebody I know. Quick story to, to make this point. Right out of college, went downtown to a, a New Year's celebration. I was standing against the wall because that's what I do. This woman comes up to me. She's beautiful. She looks like Elizabeth Shue. She says, wait, I think you and, and your friends were in front of us in line waiting to get inside tonight. And I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. And she's like, no, I'm sure of it, right? Like you were with this taller guy. I think his, I heard his name is Mark. And then you were with these other, and she just, and I looked at her again. And I was like, no, I, I don't think so. I, it may have been somebody else. She walks away and it's like one, one thousand, two. And I'm like, oh shit. Like she was trying to talk to me. Like that's how clueless and socially dysfunctional <laughs> I am. So man, I just want to shrink somewhere and go like quietly, like away. So no one sees me. <laughs> that's a good story there. I like that Thanks. one. Embarrassing. I mean, Elizabeth, <laughs> shoo. <laughs> That's bad, man. That's bad. I know. You squandered a nice opportunity. Again. I know. I looked for the rest of the night. Couldn't find you, it. You, you look like Matt Nagy right now. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch Dan. You sabotaged yourself, though. <laughs> You're right. I did. It's true. Uh, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, this is funny that you make this question right now. I'm going to say I'm going to come in and I'm going to make my presence known if I can, right? Throw my hands up in the air, do whatever I need to do. Yeah, hey, I'm here. I'm here now. What's up? What's going on? And um, I think it's funny that you asked this question. The reason I say that is because, you know, first, number one, I would arrive fashionably late, right? And then I would make my presence known as I walked in the building. And it's funny that you asked that question because I was late to our program this evening, so I apologize. <laughs> now you know why. I, I wanted to make a fashionable you know, I wanted to be fashionably late and, you know, I didn't come saying. in and, and, and throw my hands up in the air or anything like that. But, you know, you guys knew I was here. That's right. <laughs> He's building anticipation. That's um, right. That hat is throwing the hands in the air for you, Dan. <laughs> uh, yeah, folks, you can't see it, but Dan's hat is absolutely fantastic. I, I think uh, I, I'm. I'm more focused on what we've already talked about the Irish goodbye. I literally had that last night. So Logan is moving out to Los Angeles. Everybody knows that. And I turned to him and I said, I'm about to do an Irish goodbye. And he goes, all right, I'll tell everybody else that you said goodbye. Like, I don't, I don't say goodbye to anybody. I just, I'm gone. And, and that's the big thing. And I think when I come in, it's the same way. Find one person I know, Hey, what's going on. And, and then maybe interact with other people. 
All right, gentlemen, it is time to get out of here. Um, and I uh, just want to say thank you, all of you, for being here. So we're going to do quick shout outs uh, from, from all of you guys uh, as, as we get this thing rocking and rolling. And just thank you for, for all of you for being such a big part of the Bear Down Report podcast and our one year. So we're going to go Ozzy, Sheldon, Paige, Goodwin, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. Shout outs that you'd like to give. Uh, just a quick shout out to again to you, Ryan, to you, Mike, uh, the rest of the team. Um, happy birthday. Congratulations. Uh, shout out to all the followers that I have on Twitter that put up with my trash tweets. And shout out to you, Dan, uh, Roy and Devori. The show's kicking ass. Keep it up, guys. Love what you do and love also that you guys, aren't, you know, you, you don't take a backward step. Uh, you challenge some of the issues socially as well. Um, so, yeah, keep it up, guys. Yeah, I'll double down on that, Ozzy. Uh, shout out to the BDR podcast, uh, Mike, Ryan, Jack, and I know Brendan wasn't able to make it, uh, but uh, shout out for your one-year anniversary and uh, and thank you again for bringing me on board. Um, I also want to shout out, I mentioned it before, Mark Schofield for just having an elite opinion on Oreos. Uh, it, is, it is an unquestioned opinion. It is elite. And uh, we thank you for bringing some finality to this argument, Mark. So um, shout out to Mark. Thank you. You know, any kind of anniversary, and I think I might be stealing Ryan's thunder, but I think any any kind of anniversary for anything BDR, I really got to shout out my wife because she is incredibly patient with me and very understanding and very supportive of everything that we do. And she sacrifices a good deal of her time um, doing things around the house or doing family things because I'm busy doing BDR things. So any, like I said, I mean, any anniversary for BDR, it, it kind of makes me reflect upon the people who kind of allowed me to do what I've done. And number one, uh, numero uno, that would be Maggie, my wife. Shout out to you. He, he killed us all on the shout outs, right? You can't, you can't do any better than that when you shout your wife out. So yeah, that's, that's nice, man. Um, I want to shout out my, my, uh, my uh, co-host on the uh, three Kings of the Midway podcast, uh, Devory Nesby and, and Roy Williamson, ill will um, those guys, man, they wanted to be here. They were, they were sad that they couldn't make it, had some scheduling conflicts. Um, but they wanted me to tell you guys, congratulations on a year. Keep doing good work, putting out good content, putting out, you know, that that's the thing, man. You know, we look at we look at some of these podcasts and you guys do a great job of it at the Bear Down Report. So shout out to everybody involved, Mike, Ryan, uh, Jack, you know, Brendan, uh, you know, all of you guys, Ryan, um, all of you guys do an excellent job. Um, and then, of course, shout out to the uh, uh, over there to Ozzy and as well. We appreciate all that you do as well. We thank everybody for listening to us. Um, we listen to you guys, man, just as just as frequently, because I think it's it's really good to get different views from from Chicago. Right. And everybody has a different view. Everybody has an opinion. They're all valid. You know what I mean? They all make sense at the end of the day. It's just do you agree with it or not? You know what I mean? And we don't always have to agree, but we can always keep it respectful. And that's one thing that you guys do. I appreciate that. Shout out to you guys for an, a wonderful year, man, and continue on. Whether the Bears and Matt Nagy screws up or not, you know, continue <laughs> on, bro. Keep handling your business. Shout out to the Sycamore High School Spartans, who are two games away from winning the 5A 
state championship. Uh, so to my to my son Jack and to all of the Spartans, they uh, they defeated uh, Glenbard South last week uh, and shut them out, and then they beat St. Patrick's uh, on Saturday. They'll play uh, this coming Saturday uh, against Fenwick. Will be tough over at Triton College on Saturday. So shout out to them. shout out to the NFL for privately admitting. Uh, that they made mistakes in the Bears Steelers game, boy, we really appreciate that. Uh, we <laughs> would like to shout to you out, them. NFL yeah. boy. You, the first step is to admit your mistakes. I got two shout outs right there. <laughs> ah, double birds, Dan. <laughs> Love it. That's so good. All right. So uh, obviously, I've got to thank Dan Goodwin the Third and the Three Kings of the Midway podcast. Dan, that that last point that you made, you, we we disagree, and it's so interesting because I was listening to a couple episodes ago. You guys were talking about Roquan, and I shot out a group text right away to Patrick Sheldon and Brendan Shagru and Jack Wright and, and Logan and those guys, and we were you got us talking. We didn't agree with you, but but you really got us talking, and that's what it's all about, my friend. And you have been on this pod several several times, and every single time, uh, just it's been just a blast. And I, I I still think my favorite memory though is you and I reacting to Tevin Jenkins being drafted as we're talking about Justin Fields. That was, that was a blast, man. And so we're, we're so thankful for that to, to Mike page for, for starting this thing and including me a uh, huge shout out to you. Uh, thank you so much for, for the opportunity for that. And, and I know how much work you put into BDR and it's, it's incredible and you don't give yourself enough credit for that, uh, for all the stuff that you do for this, this amazing company that you've built. And it's been awesome. Uh, as a side one to my NIU Huskies, they got the dub against ball state, on a last second field goal winning by one point kicker, John Richardson celebrated by running through the other team's sideline and then slapped his arm showing that he's got ice in his veins in the NFL. That would have been like 800 yards of penalties, but instead we just got to watch this kid just pure elation. And it was, it was fun. It was so fun. I've got to take one more and and I'm, and I'm sorry folks that I'm going to get a little gushy here, but, to Patrick, to Brendan, to Logan, to Jack. I I can't believe it. I just, I, I can't believe it's, it's one year. It's uh, man. I, I, you know, just thinking about Patrick, how you just fit in right away. And the, he, you've had so many moments where it's Patrick Sheldon putting you on his knee and giving us fatherly advice. And just, we're, we're laughing so hard while he does it. And just, the euphemism and the, and the, and the nuggets, like I still laugh at that one. That's fantastic. Brendan, <laughs> the first time Brendan was on the pod, uh, I literally, I texted him afterwards, like this may sound a little weird, but I want to make a podcast with you. And lo and behold, there he is. Uh, Logan, we're so thrilled. Fox sports, right? Like I know he can't talk about the details of what he's doing, but he's going to be working for Fox sports. Um, and we're just, we're so excited for him. And that dude is freaking hysterical and he's a great friend and we're just, we're thrilled for him. And the last one, I am going to get really mushy here, but Jack Wright is one of my absolute best friends and has been for about 11 years now. And, uh, we were talking in the office one day and we said, wouldn't it be fun if we did this? for real. And Jack, our creation uh, has sustained for one year. We've had some amazing people 
Dan, Patrick, all these other people, you know, these, these amazing guests that we've had and Ozzy and all these other wonderful things. And Jack, you've been right there, uh, right, right at, at my side through all this stuff. And uh, I'm promised folks this is the last time I'm going to get real gushy on, on this, but uh, just, you know, I, I know Dan will, will understand this, that your co-hosts become really good friends and it's not just about sports. It's, it's, it's like family and uh, you know, Jack, I just, uh, I love you, buddy. And, uh, and just thrilled that we get to do this together for all of you who are listening. Thank you so very much. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you hear, hit us with a five-star review because it really helps to widen our audience. But if you love what you hear, like Joe from Tinley Park and the New England IPA guy, you can uh, go ahead and buy us a round of beers. If you go to beardownreport.com, go to any of the podcasts, you can see the donate button, buy us a round of beers, and we will shout you out just like those guys did. For Dan Goodwin, Mike Page, Mike Oosterwick, Patrick Sheldon, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, and everybody else at Bear Down Report, I am Ryan Dangle. Thank you so much, folks. And as always, bear down.